good for our good for our kids to be in God's presence. Amen. Sometimes we have to leave them in because of just scheduling, but God likes that. He says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna touch them," and so <clears throat> you're His kids too, right? <laughs> So it's good for his kids to be in his presence. <laughs> well, this morning we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish up uh, what we've been doing for the last few weeks. Am I on, guy? Yeah. Is it loud enough? Can you hear me? I'm looking over here. <laughs> okay. So let's open to uh, go ahead and open your Bibles to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. We've been looking at uh, the fire of God's presence and we've been seeing all of the accounts when God shows up as, as fire and every single one of them has been in the Old Testament. But today, we're going to be in the New Testament. If you're familiar with Acts chapter 2, you may know where we're going this morning. But uh, it's good to go there and be reminded of it if you've been there before. And if you've never been there before, it's, it's really good to go there for the first time. And so this morning we're going to talk about the fire that shows up in Acts chapter 2. And of course we've been talking about, you know, Moses with the burning bush. And you've got uh, Abraham when God shows up and renews the covenant. And in Genesis 15 you had Elijah and the prayer of calling down fire from heaven. And we looked at the sacrifices when God came down in fire. And, and all, the, all those accounts uh, of fire and there's, there's still one more uh, that happens in the New Testament. And I think it's kind of interesting that we've been going through this through the Old Testament because you get a little bit of a picture of why this was such a big deal to the disciples. You can probably bring me down now that I'm getting louder. So um, <clears throat> I, will, I will get a little bit louder. So we've been going through and, and knowing, hey, when, when God showed up, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times it was He appeared as fire. There was, a, there was an appearance of fire, or fire was, 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 it says the fire goes before him and consumes all his enemies in the book of Psalms. So there's something about God, there's, there's good fire and there's bad fire. Um, you know, and so we've been looking at the good parts where God shows up and it's the fire of his presence, his purifying presence, his empowering presence, his renewing presence, his forgiving presence. And so today we're in the New Testament, and so this is after Jesus has died. So God has come and fulfilled his promise to come and rescue His people. And He sent the Savior. And all that stuff in the Old Testament, all the sacrifices are now, they're all voided. It's all, it's all meaningless now because Jesus came and fulfilled it. And so He says, now what, now what you get to do is you get to trust in Me and you receive that I'm the sacrifice. And so when we become a Christian, when we give our hearts to Jesus, that's what happens is we, we enter into the new covenant and our sins are forgiven. We become a child of God. We, are, we have gone from now death to life. Death is not our future, but now life, eternal life, we have now and we have it in the future. There's a now and a not yet. And God says, now you're, you're my child. Everything you did in the past is gone. I have forgotten your sins. They've been placed as far as the east is from the west. They'll never touch. I'll never see them again. I'll never think of them again. And the disciples got that. The twelve disciples and those that followed after Jesus, they got that. And then Jesus 
died and they were shocked and, and he was resurrected and they were overjoyed, but they were still very scared and they weren't really doing anything. Did you notice that? That it wasn't just the death and resurrection of Jesus that, that changed our life. It's, it started with that, but it was completed in Acts chapter 2. And so if you miss Acts chapter 2 and you have the death and resurrection of Jesus, you're missing part of God's story to bring His people back to way, the way they were meant to be. Because we were meant to be a people full of joy, full of power, full of His grace. And I forgot the book I was going to read out of. Okay, so, um, Edie, can you go in my office? And there's a book on my desk. It's, now that it's clean, you'll know which one it is. Uh, and if you could bring that in to me, that'd be great. I'll need that in a little bit. So let's read Acts chapter 2. Uh, Edie's right before, so she'll be all right. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so the, this is when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. And so Jesus has commanded them, hey, wait, and he's gone to heaven. He ascended into heaven. He floated into the sky. That'll get your attention. When you're talking with someone, he's talking with you, and he just begins to float into heaven. And you're like, wait a second, I wanna, there's a couple more things I need to hear from you. I need to tell you. And so he goes up in the sky and says, hey, wait, wait, wait for the promise. And so there's 120 of them waiting in an upper room. They're not sure exactly what they're waiting for, but they're there for 10 days. And it says they're praying and they're ministering before the Lord. And they were in unity. And so in chapter 2, it says this, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the scriptures as we read them this morning in Jesus' name. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues or pillars or little balls of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that we hear them, each of us hears them in his own native language? Here's all the places. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God... In our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Now, first of all, here's the deal. <laughs> it's amazing when, 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 when people don't believe what's happening, the things they come up with. Because when you hear someone speaking a bunch of different languages, you don't usually think they're drunk. Right, So maybe there was some other sign that just God's presence was on them so much. They were so joyful. They were so happy. Whatever it was, some of them were accused of being drunk. And so Peter stands up. Verse 14 says, Then Peter stood up, raised his voice, addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let, let me explain this to you. Let me tell you what's going on here. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. 
No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So he quotes a prophecy from hundreds of years ago. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. What does it mean to prophesy? It means to share something, to speak for God, to hear something from God and share it with someone else. So I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below and blood and fire and bills of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so then Peter continues to preach and talks about Jesus being raised from the dead and his authority He's sitting at, at, at the right hand of God in heaven. And this, this is the Jesus uh, whom they crucified. He's the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. And then people say, hey, what do we do? And, and he says, Peter replied in verse 38, repent. So you've got you to change. You've got to change the way you think, and you've got to change the way you're walking and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, and here's us, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and said, Save yourselves. From this corrupt generation, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So this is called, this is real revival right here. This is what happens when when revival really comes. 3,000 people at one time came into the kingdom of God, came into the family of God. That's pretty awesome right there, amen? So, and it happened, this is the birth of the church. This is how God says, hey, this is the new, this is how, this is the new thing that's going on on earth. And we have to understand that our earth is dying, right? I mean, earth is not getting better, it is getting worse. So, you know, maybe those climate change people aren't wrong. I'm not trying to get into that. But look, our, our world is not getting better. It's, it's, it's dying. You know, he quotes Joel there and says, look... There's all these signs going to be happening. There's going to be stuff that's going to be going on in our world. And so in the midst of all that, God says, I need a shining light. And so he says, I want a people. I want a people to reveal who I am. I want them to, I want the whole earth to know. Jesus said, it's better that I leave the earth and go away. And how is that possible? Wouldn't it be better if Jesus could just stand right here in in our church building and come up and speak to you? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be amazing? But Jesus says, no, it's actually better that I'm not here. So either he was lying or he was right. I choose to believe he was right. Why was he right? Because he says, look, now I'm going to send my spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, the promised one to you, and so that you can be Jesus all over the earth. So you can be me all over all the earth. Now, before we get ahead of ourselves, we want to look back at the fire, because this is the, the fire shows up. You saw it, right? The, the fire shows up, and if you'll, you'll notice, we've been going through all the Old Testament, every single one of them knew the Scriptures. They knew what, all the stories of what God had done before with the Jewish people in the Old Testament, and so they would have known right away. When fire came down, they would have said, God's here. They would also recognize the wind because there was also the representation of the word for spirit in Hebrew in the Old Testament actually is, is ruach, which is wind, 
or breath. And so when the sound, it didn't say wind, it didn't say there was no, there was no air blowing. Did you notice that? It just said there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. There was no wind. Their hair was not being blown. Not even mine and Dave's, you know. I mean, it's, you know, there's, their, their hair was, was, was good. You know, it was, it was, there was, but if you hear a sound of wind, if we heard the sound of wind in here but didn't feel anything, we'd go, okay, guy, what are you doing in the sound system? Or, man, somebody really turned up the AC, right? John, Pastor John likes it cold enough in here. Can we please turn it off, right? And so I do that so you stay awake. Um, <laughs> so they would have recognized right away, God's here. God's here. And we've been talking about cultivating God's presence in our homes. And again, God doesn't always have to show up with sounds and, and lights. I mean, sometimes He shows up with some amazing stuff. I've been around God doing some, some pretty amazing things. But there's times where you just know, hey, God's here. God's around. He, he's doing something right now. And it says that there was a sound. Hey, you, do you think it's interesting? I heard this recently from, from Bill Johnson. And he talked about, you know, if there's 120 people in a room and they're all just praising God and talking in a bunch of languages, do you think it's possible for 3,000 people to hear that? I don't know. I don't know. There is something else going on. There was the sound. The sound of God showing up, I think, was the, what was drawing them. And as they drew near, I mean, think about it. If we went outside, there's not 120 of us here. There's maybe, well, 40 of us here, we'll say. So one-third. If we tripled our size and we stood out on the lawn and we were just as loud as possible, how far would that, how far would that go in Midland? It's not going to go very far. It may go pretty good. You get the, the around maybe you know maybe up here at the apartments, people are like <laughs> Sunday morning. What's going on? <laughs> but there there was something supernatural about the sound that was going on. It wasn't just that you know they were speaking in tongues and that drew a bunch of people. Because you think about that, it's it's not going to draw that big of a crowd. A few people around the area, but we're talking 3,000 people. There was something supernatural going on. So there's, there's the sound of God. And so, you know, we need the, we need the sound of God in our homes. Where it's just, like, there's just something there. Whether people hear it physically or not, there's something going on where they're drawn there. Where there's a supernatural pulling in. That's what was happening here. God's like, I need some more people. We're going to spread this message and I need to, I need to send it off with a bang. We're going, to, we're going to birth the church here. This is going to be a big birth. This is going to be a big birthday party right here. We're going for, for big. You know, Jesus started with 12 disciples, so he started small, but he was ready because he had trained them. And now he says, now there's 120 of you, and you're going to be full of everything that I am, and everything that I have is going to be poured into you, and then you're going to be ready to go into all the earth. So we need, we need the sound. Again, 
It's not a literal sound always, but you know, there's something about just the sound of God. I want, I want the sound of God on my life. I want the sound of God in my, in, my, in my family where it's just like, just me being around, it's just like it's affecting people. There's a reverberation of the Holy Spirit going around, the sound of God. So that, I'd never thought of it that way, but I kind of think, you know, when you logically think of it, 120 people... There was something supernatural. Either God was making their voices louder or there was something drawing people in. Something was going on more than just normal stuff. And so then it says what happened was, it says there's where the fire showed up. So the fire comes and rests on them. And we, we all know now that we've been looking at the scriptures here for a few weeks, every single one of them would have recognized the fire, oh, the presence of God. And then here's what happened. The presence was no longer just in one place. Everywhere else in the Old Testament, when the presence of God shows up, boom, He's on the altar. Boom, He's here. He's on the mountain. He's in the burning bush. He's in the torch as He appears to Abraham. But it's in just one spot and not upon any human being, just on something else. But now God says, it's all going to change. Now the fire of my presence goes on everyone. And they would have known, whoa, now God, it's no longer that God is out there, He's in here. I want to read, I want to read this um, from Jerry Cook, who is a, was a four-square pastor. He's now a, in heaven rejoicing. He's gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, but he wrote a book called The Holy Spirit and really has some, some good insights in here, just some really good stuff. But talking about what happens on this day. And this is, this is the, called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it, says, um, and it says the word Pentecostal. In other words, to be Pentecostal, in other words, to believe in the fullness of the Spirit. To be Pentecostal means that I acknowledge the reality of Christ's immediate and active presence through the Spirit. Spirit baptism is not for decoration or effect, but to enable the Spirit-filled believer to be Jesus... In any situation, we do not relegate the power of the Spirit to an age past or gifted experts in the present. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. There are no limitations imposed. This understanding allows me to live with the probability of the miraculous. We sometimes hear that we must allow for the possibility of the miraculous. That means I'll be surprised if something supernatural actually happens. But I live with the probability of the miraculous. I'm surprised if it doesn't happen. I must understand that what seems supernatural to me is natural to Him. And so the Holy Spirit baptism is exactly what that is. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They would understand when the fire comes that uh, they, would, they were now being filled with the very presence of God, the power of God, the strength of God. It was, you notice in the Old Testament, one of the stories we looked at, and I believe it was, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, where the fire comes down on the mountain and God gives out the Ten Commandments to Moses. Was that last week? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, so... What happened when the fire came down? All the people said, Moses, you go, I'm not going. Because <laughs> the whole mountain's on fire. I ain't touching that. But here's the thing. Instead of running away here, now God says, I'm going to come to you. 
The fire is going to come to you. And everyone embraced it. So there was something new that happened now that everybody would have known, hey, things are different now. Something has changed. You know, Jesus promised this. Uh, John the Baptist promised this. He said, he th- said this, Matthew 3.11. Can we shoot that up there, guy? Matthew 3.11. When, uh, for some of you this is familiar, but I want to set the groundwork here. Um, this is John the Baptist before Jesus came. He says, I baptize you with water. He was baptizing people in the, in the Jordan River for repentance. But after me comes one who's more powerful than I. Who's that? Jesus. The answer is Jesus this time. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Isn't it interesting that John threw on fire there just to let you know. So when they, when they saw this... They would have known, hey, this is, this is what he's talking about. You know, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was fire there. And so all, this, all this stuff began to happen. Jesus says also in Acts 1.8, right before he left, this is right before Jesus was ascended to heaven. He says, but, you know, stay in Jerusalem, and you will rec- but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. In other words, close to you, a little bit farther, your country, and then everywhere else. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to, you're going to be the ones that reveal who I am. Because we need power to reveal who Jesus is. I can't do it on my own. I cannot reveal Him on my own. I need the power of God. And this is the power of God. God says, I'm going to give you the power to live the life I'm called you to. That's why it's so amazing. In the Old Testament, the rules were there, but they couldn't do it. They didn't have the power. So God said, I have to send Jesus. He has to die. He has to die so you can be forgiven. He has to be resurrected so you can be raised up in newness of life. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so you have the power to live like Jesus. You can do the same things Jesus did. You can hear the Father the same way Jesus heard the Father. This is the gospel, the full gospel. The full gospel. And so we need the power. When we talk about the power to overcome, if you're trying to overcome something in your life, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. When you're trying to change your life, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. When you have an issue in your home and your family, what do you need? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. When the enemy is coming in and telling you lies, what do you need to believe the truth? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that makes the difference. He's the difference maker in our lives. And so God promises that He will come. And He says, when He comes, you're going to be my witnesses. What does a witness do? Just shares what they saw. So God does stuff in our life, and we share what happened. That's being a witness for Jesus. It's not having to go through all this rigmarole. It's just living life, getting in touch with God, letting Him touch your life, and telling somebody else, hey, this is what He did. Okay, now we're going we're gonna to go into a little demonstration here. If you've been at this church any amount of time, you've seen this before, but you've never seen me do it. Uh oh. So, little illustration. This is all for my wife. So I'm now preaching Ashley's message for the next ten minutes. Okay, this is totally Pastor Ashley. So, we need to have a demonstration of what it means to be spirit baptized. What happens when you get? This is you. We're, this is you. Everybody, you're looking very clear today. Very tall. Okay. Very clean. Okay, so 
when, when you ask Jesus to come in your heart, oh, there's my wife right there. She's watching me. Everybody wave at Ashley. Hi. When you give your heart to Jesus, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. You now have, you now have God inside of you. And so you, you, the Holy Spirit's here. You, you have the Holy Spirit. It's not that you need Him in your life. It's that he, He's there. This, you're now a child of God. Now what happens when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit is God says, He talked about in John chapter 7, Jesus says, Hey, rivers of living water will flow from within you. And He says, This He talked about, talking about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes, this is what happens to you. You're overflowing. I think I needed to fill it up with a little bit more. <laughs> so I should have had Ashley fill it up. And so, again, it dumped out a little bit. When it happens, you spill on people. You splash on people. You, it gets, gets around on people. Okay? <laughs> Ashley doesn't, doesn't get to do that. Oh, you're waving your hand over there. I want some of that. Here. <laughs> So, look, that's, that's the spirit baptism. Is a picture, little, little picture here. Don't worry about the carpet. It'll, it'll dry up. And so, what happened when the Holy Spirit came? Something crazy happened. It's called speaking in tongues. And so, for some of you in here, you may have not heard about that. And so, I want to make sure that we're clear on what's happening. It says, when, the, when they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, that they begin to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit enabled them. This is not a language they made up. They didn't, they didn't move their own mouths to make it happen. They didn't pretend something in their head to make it happen. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in tongues. What is the purpose of speaking in tongues? Well, it says this in 1 Corinthians 14.3. If we could have that up there, guys. It says, uh, it says this about praying in tongues or speaking in tongues out of our mouth by the Holy Spirit. It says, when I pray in tongues... I know it says it. Do I have 14.3? 1 Corinthians 14.3? The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Is there more to that? I need verse (laughs) 4. Okay, we just put the wrong verse in. No big deal. So, 1 Corinthians 14... You can turn there if you want, if you want to make sure I'm right. 14.4, excuse me, sorry, I put the wrong verse in. Uh, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. What does it mean to edify? Build up. So when when you speak in tongues, you are building yourself up in your most holy faith. It says in Jude 1.20, do I have that one, guy? Jude 20, 120, it says this, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. And so, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, God gives you a gift. He says, I'm going to give you a gift so you can stay strong in me. And the gift He gives is the gift of a prayer language, what we call a prayer language, or praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Tongues just means languages. You know, we... It's the old way to say language. That's, and we've just kept it. And so really, we could, it just sounds so weird to say praying in languages. 
You know, we, we have to say praying in tongues if we're a Pentecostal church, right? It just doesn't sound right. But it's just praying in other languages that the Holy Spirit gives you. It's not scary. It's not weird. It's, I know some people have made it scary and weird, but it doesn't have to be. It's part of the power that God gives you. Now, why does He give you the power? So you can be a witness. It's not just so we get a bless me club. It's so you can share and be Jesus. So you're empowered. And so the focus is not on the tongues, but the tongues are there and they distract people. So we want to explain them to people and let them know. So here's what happens. I need to, I need to volunteer. I need to, I, I need to, uh, yeah, who, whichever one of you wants to come up. So I want you to sit right here, Ardeth. We need a demonstration of what it means to edify yourself. So right here, I'm stealing it all, babe. Okay, so when Ardeth is baptized in the Holy Spirit and she begins to pray in tongues and do that on her own when she's by herself or when she's in a large gathering where it's safe to do it and everybody loves you and you know it's good, um, then what happens is this is the spirit, her spirit inside begins to grow. And the more she does it, the more she grows. She keeps doing it. She's built up. She's now edifying herself. And so even though she's only this tall in the natural in the spiritual, she's huge. Thank you, artist. Give her a hand. All right. As my wife says, who doesn't want a giant spirit? So today, as we talk about this, we need to give an opportunity for anybody who's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit to be baptized and receive the power. Because this is, this is what we need. We need... Let me talk just briefly before we do that about Spirit-filled homes. We need Spirit-filled households. We need, we need Spirit-filled households. We need families that are full of the Holy Spirit. You know, in the past, sometimes what tends to happen in, in church is, is just like that church cycle. The church cycle is... Everything of the Spirit happens on Sunday and then nothing else happens during the week. And that's exactly opposite of the Bible. It was like some stuff happened when they gathered together, but most of the action happened outside the church. And we're, you know, outside the building, outside the gathering. And so that's what Jesus wanted to get out. He didn't want people to show up and have a great time together and then that was it. And then, man, I can't wait till next time we're in, we're in the presence of God on Sunday. Hey, that's good. We're not, I'm not denigrating. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm having a great time. I hope you're having a great time too. We have a great time when we're together. It's good to be together. It's good to be encouraged. But it's supposed to go out. The sound is supposed to draw people in. And so when we cultivate the presence of God in our lives, we, we, ha- we can have a household that is full of the Spirit where things happen, where God things happen. That's all that means is Jesus shows up. Something looks like Jesus shows up in my family. 
I want that. I need that. And when that happens enough, you know what? Sometimes people are over at my house hanging out or I'm at their house hanging out. Something of Jesus shows up by the power of the Spirit. It might be a nudge. It might be gentle. It doesn't have to have, have the tingles or the shaking. If it does, fine. I'm fine with either. I don't care. I want the power. I want the real thing. I want the life of God to be released. And he says, this is the promise. You can have this in your home. You know, when I was... Uh, it's, it's kind of sad, and I don't want to... I'm not saying anything bad about my parents, but uh, my parents were... They were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the 70s during the Jesus movement. There was a big movement. For those of you that were born after that, like me, um, there was a large movement where lots of young people came to Jesus out of the hippie movement, out of all kinds of stuff, and they were, a good majority of them also received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They just started, and miracles were happening, and, and people were being healed left and right, and they were seeing all kinds of people being saved and delivered from drugs and addiction instantaneously. It was the power of God. It was just like Jesus being there. That's what the that's what spirit-filled life looks like. And so my parents, you know, they were in the Christian church, which is just Church of Christ with a piano. Okay? That's that's all that is. Okay? Nothing to get the there's Christian church doing good stuff here in Midland. I appreciate what they're doing. But uh so they didn't have a knowledge of the Holy Spirit, but then they brought it in and they started teaching it in their church as the pastor and he got kicked out of that church. If you can imagine that, because they're like, we don't do that here. <laughs> we don't believe in, in that, so you have to go somewhere else and do that. And so my parents were, you know, filled with the Spirit. Uh, my mom was, was filled with the Spirit in her sleep. Uh, or she was prayed for, and she didn't receive the gift of tongues right then, but she woke up speaking in tongues. God had to turn off her head. You know, some of us, we need our heads turned off because we think too much. Okay? Uh, it's not from your head, it's from your, your spirit, from your heart. And so, anyway, so that's, then my parents had me. <laughs> or they had me right around that same time, I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I didn't hear about tongues or the baptism of the Holy Spirit till I was 11. And I went to a camp, Camp Whispering Oaks, here in Buffalo Gap, Texas, and I saw things that I had never heard of or seen before. And I was in a four-square church in California, too. So I don't know what was going on there, huh? <laughs> you can be assured that in this church, by 11, somebody's preaching Ashley's message for her, okay? <laughs> They're like, I've heard this several times. I know what this is. And so, uh, but I didn't hear. And so, you know, sometimes we just assume that our households, our kids, our, our grandkids, that they're just going to catch it. It's just going to happen. But my encouragement to you, look, I have great parents, and look, godliest people I could imagine, best parents I could think of. Uh, my mom is really great right now because she's in heaven. She's totally perfect now. She's no longer making any mistakes. It's amazing. But, you know, I had the best parents ever, but when I was 11 years old, I didn't know what was going on. And so, for our kids and for our grandkids, we're like, man, we want them to know the Spirit at a young age. That it's not foreign to them, it's not weird, it's not, it's not anything crazy. It's just the good and wholesome and powerful 
Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Now, there's two things I've found that can hinder someone from receiving. Because really, this is a gift. This is a gift, just like salvation. So it's received by faith. In other words, you trust that you believe that you receive this gift. But there's, there's two things that seem to hinder God really rushing through us and, and doing stuff. And again, uh, there may be something that happens to you physically or there may not. It doesn't matter. It's not about what you feel. It's about what's really happening in the spirit realm. And so unforgiveness, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago, but if you're, if you're holding something against anybody, it has to be dealt with first. I believe that many times when people are prayed for and they're like, nothing happened. I'm like, well, first of all, you've got to believe something's going to happen. But also, if you're holding something towards someone else, God's coming in with everything. And if there's a blockage there, if there's a barrier, He's going to wait and say, I want to, I want to make sure you get everything. I don't want a little wall to run off all of what I want to send into your life right now. And so unforgiveness is like a wall. It's like a barrier that we put up between our hearts and someone else and our hearts and the Lord. He says, look, forgive as I've forgiven you. What I've done for you is greater than anything else anybody can do to hurt you. That's what Jesus believes. He knows that his cross is more powerful than other people's ability to hurt us, as bad as it can be. We're not minimizing that. The other thing is, is just if you know there's a part of your life that's not surrendered to God, if there's some part of your life where you know God's saying, hey, I need you to let go of this, and you're like, well, I'm not going to let go of that. You know, I'm not going to change my attitude towards my wife or whatever it might be. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> if, you're, if you got that, God says, look, I'm going to wait till you're ready. That's another blockage where you're not going to receive everything if I pour it out. God doesn't want to waste what he's going to pour out. He wants you to get the fullness. He wants you to get everything he has. And so today, there's no better way than just to do this and ask God. And so I want us to right now, we're going to pray, and we're just going to invite God to to move right now. He's already here. We're not going to ask Him to come. We're just going to invite Him to move. So right now, Holy Spirit, we we just invite you. Holy Spirit, come and move among us. Thank you for your presence here. We welcome you. We thank you that you've been welcome here for quite a while. You're welcome in our lives. God, we just welcome you in our hearts for whatever you want to do today. And so, Lord, if there's anybody in here who needs to respond today, we ask that you would just gently work on their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. So if if you're here today and you say, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and I want to be, I just want you to lift your hand up real quick. Anybody who's, who's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and wants to be. There's one. There's two. Anybody else? There's three. Anybody else? Okay. There's three three of you here who would like to receive that. As they, they are continuing to pray, um, I was just reminded, you know, sometimes we just need to be, we just need a fresh touch from God. It says in Ephesians 5, it says, be being filled with the Spirit. And so... I just want to pray as, as a group. If there's anybody here who says, I just need a fresh touch from God. I just need him to renew that in my life or my family's life. Is there anybody that says, I need, I need to be renewed. I need to have a fresh renewal of the Spirit. Is there anybody here? Wave your hand at me if there's anybody here. There's one, two, three, four. 
Well, we just, we just invite you right now, Lord. I thank you for all those that responded right now, Lord. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, for just a fresh touch right now, a fresh release of your power and your presence, Lord, of your love. Lord, we thank you, a fresh touch of your joy, Lord, where there's been discouragement. I just thank you, Lord, where your presence is. In your presence is fullness of joy. Lord, and we pray for that fullness. Lord, we pray for all the darkness that has tried to come in and bring lies and and deceit. Lord, we, we ask for a refreshing right now that you shine a light and there be the fullness of joy. We declare fullness in these in these individuals, in these homes. We declare fullness in the name of Jesus. Thank you that there will be the sound of your presence in their homes, God. There'll be the, just, the, just the sense, Lord. There'll be something that's attractive about who they are as a person because of your presence in them, God. There'll be a fire burning in all of our hearts, God. I pray for each and every one of us right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you for a fresh fanning of the flame of the fire of God in us, God, that we can, we can burn with your love and burn with your passion and burn with your power each and every day. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We'll do our jobs. We'll do what we need to do, Lord. But there's going to be something else going on within us, Lord. Our spirits are alive and awake, and we declare that life in us, Lord. Around us is death. Around around our nation and around our world is death and division and destruction, Lord. And we thank you that you have called us to be a shining light. You've said, I've given provision in the, in the world that's breaking down. There's going to be ones that are going to have my light shining in them. There's going to be a people that has the truth in their, in their mouths. There's going to be people that have love in their hearts, that have grace in, in their mouths, Lord, that have wisdom in their, in their minds. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit being released in all of our lives that we can be Jesus in any and every situation. Lord, Lord, Jesus, we need you so badly. We need you so badly, but you need to be everywhere, God, and you're sending us out. So wherever we are, Lord, we choose to believe that you're there, that you're in us and you're at work. You you are always at work. You are always doing something good. You are always ministering to some way of life or joy or peace to someone, God. Help us tune into that. Help us be aware of that. Holy Spirit, renew us, we pray. Renew us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.